Uh, good evening, everyone. Good evening. <laughs> How's the conference so far? Great. Uh, there are a lot of different keynotes that is uh, challenging. Uh, one would be the one that is starting. The other one would be the one that is before lunch. And then the other one is the one after lunch. Mine happened to be the last one and before the drinks. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't realize that until today that there's a drinks part. So I was joking with uh, Kai Singh about like, so am I am I supposed to go like order sh on the sh shots on the side or something? <laughs> Please cancel that out, you know. <laughs> so earlier on, um, uh, as we were chatting, Kai Singh was, was suggesting to me that, hey, you know what, like. Um, can you rerun through the flow? And he was a bit concerned. I'm actually more concerned than him about the flow. And he was saying that as you go through the flow of, the, of what you're going to go through, the thing on emptiness, perhaps you can tie it back into UX. Perhaps you can do that so it's more applicable for you guys. Would you like that? Nobody? <laughs> I told you, I think like, nobody wants that. <laughs> so... Yeah, so I, I decided that I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do I care? I'm a monk. <laughs> I'm going to just say what I want to say. <laughs> so, so there are a few things I want to say. <laughs> like, so not inviting me next year. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you notice that I'm using a visualizer instead of PowerPoint and or whatnot. So first thing I want to share with you all is a bit on mindfulness. Yeah, just a snippet of it. Yeah, because my my course on mindfulness usually takes ten weeks, which will kind of blow the budget for them. <laughs> and then the the second thing I will touch on is um, on emptiness. Yeah, yeah, emptiness, which I will bring in. Um, Laksa. Yeah, Laksa. Uh, yeah, Laksa. Um, do you know what Laksa is? Say yes. yes. Okay. No, no, do you know what Laksa is? Locals should know, right? Come on. If you don't know, you know, we should revoke your citizenship. Okay, how many of you are not from Singapore and have not heard of Laksa? How many of you have not heard of Laksa? Okay, you will get a schooling on this bonus con content material. <laughs> so, the last thing I'm going to share a bit more is the implication of all this. Yeah, so what? Yeah. So, uh, early on we did some standing and stretching. Now I'm going to calm you down, and at a count of three, you're going to go into a deep sleep. One, two, three. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. Um, I'm going to just ask you to sit where you are. Uh, you, don't have, you don't have to cross your leg or do anything like that, uh, but just um, whatever position you, you adopt or you are in, I want you to try not to move. There's nothing wrong with moving, but just try not to move. Okay? And if you want to move, be aware that you want to move. All right? And all you have to do is just take a few deep breaths. Yeah, and I know it's interesting to look at me. But usually we do it with our eyes closed. 
<laughs> if you wish, you can always take up classes as well, but that's optional. Uh, as in the classes, it's optional because you don't really need your classes to see in your meditation. So just take a few deep breaths, and as you finish with a deep breath, come back to the normal, regular breathing. And as we breathe in, be mindful and present with the breath. Be aware of how it feels to breathe in. As we breathe out, be mindful and present without breath. Be aware of how it feels to breathe out. We've had a long day, and for sure our thoughts were flying back and forth, thinking about the various keynotes we have attended, not just today, but in the past few days. Don't be too eager to try to stop yourself from having those thoughts. Because that's the natural process of how our mind is. So instead of trying to force the mind to so-called be mindful and present, just be mindful and present of the fact that the mind is not present for a start. If the mind wandered to the past, know that the mind has wandered to the past. And if the mind move forward, thinking about the coming drink session, or perhaps next week's work, whatsoever, yeah. accept that that's what's happening. And because that's what has been happening throughout our life, there is this habitual tendency, a sort of momentum for the mind to do this. And it will take a while for this momentum to wear off, much like a car that's speeding down the road, even after lifting the legs of the gas pedal, it will move on for a while, and even if you were to apply the brakes, it will slow down gradually, but not stop instantly. If you forcefully try to stop it, then you may feel a jolt. Yeah? So similarly with our mind. Recognize that there's this movement of the mind, yeah? and then gently Acknowledge, know that that's happening, and then bring the attention of the mind back to the breath. As we do this repeatedly, the tendency for the mind to waver, to go back and forth, becomes lesser. It becomes easier for us to settle down. Come back to the breath. 
Breathing in and breathing out. Breathing in and breathing out. From the moment we are awake until the time we retire for the day, we engage with one another, interacting with the world through the eyes, ears, nose, tongue and the body, and we ruminate over what we have experienced in the mind. Whether we like it or not, we are transforming ourselves. The question is, do we actively make choices to transform ourselves in a way that is beneficial for ourselves and others in the long term? As we quieten our mind, join me to bring this thought, a kind wish, if you will, starting with ourselves, to have compassion for ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, to recognize that. As much as we can try and to satisfy Kaising, as much as we can try our best to do good designs, sometimes we may not do the perfect design. To have patience for ourselves when we fail on the previous keynote, learning to fail. Accepting that failure is part of the process and not beating ourselves over it. That is an expression of compassion for ourselves. Wishing for ourselves to be free from the causes of stress, anxiety, worry, and suffering. For us not to be parted from the causes and conditions for happiness, for ourselves to be well and happy, well in the body, happy in the mind, and then to extend with ourselves well and happy, to extend to everyone in this conference and even beyond this conference everyone in Suntec, everyone in the vicinity within Singapore, to even our friends and family in our home country, to all in the world, wishing for all to be well and happy.
And if you wish, you can bring to mind anyone you'd like to wish in particular and visualize themselves smiling and for ourselves to be smiling. And then come back to the breath and observe the breath three more times and consider if this is the last three breaths that you are going to take. Would you like to take the last three breaths being unhappy, resentful or angry? Or would you like to take the last three breaths filled with gratitude for all the experiences that we have had in this life and all the kindness we have received, the joy that we have experienced with our friends and family? Whenever you are done, and open your eyes and smile. In the Buddha's time, in the Buddha's time, they didn't have the problem of mic batteries going blow. <laughs> Perhaps that's why there are more people enlightened. <coughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. My test. For a while, I, I thought the paper was going to read like end of speech now. <laughs> okay. How are you feeling now? Everybody okay? Yeah. Uh, compassion is something that is, um, is, is found in almost all major faith in the whole world. Uh, and it's something that we, we are aware of, but may not consciously do it. Yeah? Not consciously in the sense that it's not something that we talk about. Right? In school, at work, not something that is part of the bottom line. Uh, in recent years, there are companies that focus on community outreach. But sometimes, don't you feel that uh, it is a bit of like PR rara? Maybe. Yeah. Again, take it as a monk saying it so, you know, like politically incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so that's what some people tell me actually. Um, and I was thinking, like, yeah. Maybe it's corporate rah-rah, you know, like the PR thing. Oh, yeah, social responsibility. But I think it's better than none. Yeah. I would rather that all corporations, all companies, put on the rah-rah than not. Yeah. Because at least then there's still the effect of benefiting the community. Yeah. Who cares whether they're doing it for tax rebate, yeah, if it helps the people anyway. Yeah. So compassion. Uh, uh, I was thinking earlier on when uh, Yugen was up here that, yeah, uh, how can we be compassionate? Yeah. Uh, design is a very cutthroat uh, industry, you know. Is it a cutthroat industry? <laughs> but, awkward laughter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is a cutthroat industry, I think. 
yeah. uh, from, from my friends and students who are from the industry. Uh, so is there a space for compassion? I think I like what I like what uh, uh, Kaising mentioned about starting with ourselves, because if we cannot even be compassionate uh, among colleagues, among our peers within the company, uh, hard to, for us to talk about compassion beyond that. Yeah. But how can we do that? How can we do that? Laksa, please. Laksa, please. <coughs> Not working. The third time is the charm. Laksa, please. Okay, yes. <laughs> so, oh gosh. For a while, I was like, how many times do I have to repeat that? <laughs> so this, my friend, is Laksa. Oh, you knew that. Nobody you raise your hand. <laughs> so how many of you have never seen this before? Or anything close to that? All of you. Some of you? Okay, so my friend, this is laksa. <laughs> so the thing about laksa, the reason why I bring up laksa is because it is something that is very common in Singapore. Yeah? Uh, almost everybody would have tried or tasted it. So for those of you who have not tasted it before, please look for Kai Singh. He will perhaps buy you a bowl of laksa. <laughs> How about the rest? Have you all tried laksa? No. If you say no, you can get a free bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the free part. Uh, so why laksa? Uh, the thing I want to ask you all today is, uh, is laksa tasty? How many of you think that laksa is tasty? Wow, we have quite a crowd here. How many of you don't think that laksa is tasty? Peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, suffice to say that most of us think that laksa is tasty. Maybe 80% of you. Good. Again, like Yugen, very scientific. Eyeball, 80%. <laughs> so, if 80% of us think that laksa is tasty, then let's ask a further question. Um, for those of you, the 80% who raise your hand, uh, laksa is tasty. And for the remaining 20%, maybe 15%, fancy, only 5 really like potent, angry people who don't like laksa. You know, I like laksa. So if you don't like laksa, you're probably angry. <laughs> angry and bitter. So um, then the next question I want to ask is, does it contain tastiness? Does it contain tastiness? Does it has does it have tastiness in in it? Do you need to look at the laksa again? <laughs> okay, a show of hands, how many of you think that it contains tastiness? Oh I'm getting better. Like like ten minutes in the talk, all of you are like not sure of yourself. <laughs> That's what monks do. <laughs> Yeah. Confuse you first. 
know, like before that, like just two minutes ago, it's like such a thing. Yes. Does it contain tastiness? <laughs> Not too sure. Right. Tricky monk. Must be careful. <laughs> so, come on. At, at face value, it's okay to be wrong, remember? Yeah? So does, does, oh sorry, maybe because, maybe it's, does it? <laughs> ah, you grammar Nazis. <laughs> okay, let's repeat that question again. Does it contain tastiness? Raise your hand if you think it contains tastiness. Still not very sure. Okay, put our hands. If you think that it doesn't contain tastiness, raise your hand. Right? What is this? So, 80% of you think that it's tasty, but 80% of you don't think it contains tastiness. So, so where did the tastiness come from? Well, this is the most amazing crowd, you know. Usually, like in the, in the classes I conduct, I ask them, like, is it tasty? Yes. Then does it contain tastiness? Yes, it contains. But this group, like... <laughs> This is what in, in, in politics is called the swing votes. <laughs> so, wow, this is amazing. How do I continue from here? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, trust me let, me, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> so, think about it. If you don't think that it contains tastiness, so what are you tasting? Those 80% of you. Yes, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, that was like this whole mess of you. So, what are we tasting? Now, some of you may think, yeah, it's just our taste, but, you know, it's just our uh, preference, isn't it? Yeah. Nothing to do with the laksa. Yeah, the laksa doesn't contain tastiness. Agree? Say yes. <laughs> no? Now, um, you may or may not agree with that, but from the poll that we have here, very scientifically done, it shows that <laughs> we, are, we are having questions. Yeah? Before this class, we are quite clear laksa is tasty or not, and now we are like, hmm, not so sure. Mm. So the next question I want to ask is, if laksa do not contain tastiness, then when you eat the laksa and you feel and experience it, um, what is happening? Is it just our taste bud? Yeah. Or is it just our perception, our preference? If it's just our pre preference, then please help yourself to the delicious like, bottle of water and just bring in the laksa. Can you do that? You can't, isn't it? Can we just you know, uncap this and go like, hmm, sadam. <laughs> yeah? Oh, very lemak. Today's laksa is so lemak. <laughs> Rich and creamy. Mm, I really love it. You can't, isn't it? So apparently it's not divorced from the laksa as well. Mm. So, let's explore this. What if, what if I tell you that I've convinced Kai Singh to please close the door, lock it up, yeah, please, um, like really pull it in. There you go. Make sure it's tight. And then we will lock you guys up for the next three days. <laughs> not so funny anymore, isn't it? <laughs> and then we say, hey, 
We're going to feed you laksa. Instead of drinks later, we're going to have laksa. For those who like laksa, you have laksa. Those who didn't raise your hand, nothing. No dinner as well. See, you notice how the, the giggle becomes lesser and lesser. And then, tonight, we're going to have supper. Laksa for supper. Again, those who like laksa, find it tasty, you get laksa. Tomorrow morning, morning call, 5 a.m., we'll do some exercise, the UXSG thing. And then we have laksa for breakfast, laksa for morning tea, then laksa for lunch, laksa for afternoon tea. <laughs> we have extended UXSG laksa edition. Yeah? And we have, we'll have that for the next few days. At the end of the third day, we will again give laksa to all. But this time, we give to everybody. Those who have been having laksa, they are the ones who love laksa. And we'll give it to you. Give it to you. And those who don't like laksa, you have not had anything for the past few days, should we give them water? No. Okay, no. Kai Singh said no. And so then, but on the last day, we'll give you laksa. So a show of hands again, those who like laksa, after having laksa for three days, be careful on whether you raise your hand or not, it says a lot about you. <laughs> if after three days of laksa, do you still find it tasty? Raise your hand. Those who raise your hand, see me after this, you need professional help. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. No, but some people do like it. And I even, like, like recently, um, just a few days ago, um, I was in Medan, um, visiting trip, and then to help sort of like speak to counsel uh, uh, a relative of mine, student, yeah, who is not so well. And um, I, I shared this with them. But I talk about Indomie because Indonesia, you know. How many of you are from Indonesia? Yeah. Indomie, is it tasty? Yeah, yeah that's what that, that auntie said. And she was like, you know, Sifu, if you ask me to have Indomie for one month, it's still tasty. I was like, really? Yeah. So, okay, three days, it's, okay. it's nothing, you know. Then for those who don't like laksa, you have not had anything for three days. Three days, three nights. Now, when you are given laksa, is it tasty? Those who, who, who didn't raise your hand, just try to go with, go with me on this thought experiment. Think about it. Hung, hunger for three days. Then I dish out. Laksa, please. <laughs> and then you are given this appetizing. Um, and that is actually mock cockerel. No, it's real cockerel. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. Hai Singh found this, not me. Yeah. So imagine if you are given this. Is it tasty? It would be, isn't it? So what's happening? Why did the, again, call out for him? User experience so different. <laughs> yeah? Those who started off liking laksa, finding it tasty, no longer find it tasty. And those who didn't like it, suddenly felt that it's, uh, it's tasty. Yeah? There's a switch. Something is going on here. Uh, perhaps you may say that, hey, the, the fact is none of us would eat in this way. Yeah? Most of us don't eat something um, perpetually. We have different choices. Yeah, think about it. When you go to the food court, um, like in the past few days, when you go to the different um, restaurants, uh, did you 
Did you look around and say that, huh, let me choose this. And when your colleague or friend asks you like, why do you choose this? And then you go like, I don't like this food. Do you choose because you don't like that food? No. We usually choose what we like. Yeah? And then the next day we choose something else that we like and so on. We rarely eat that way. We rarely eat the same thing over a period of time. When we do that, what happens? We become sick of it. Yeah? The user experience declines. What in economics is called the, the what? Diminishing returns. Yeah? So, what if we change the, the setup, yeah, the conditions a bit? Yeah? What if we say, uh, you finish your meal, but we're not going to do it over three days. You finish your meal, we give you an extra bowl of laksa. You already have your meal. Nice chicken rice, fried rice, vegetarian rice, whatever rice, or noodles. Or maybe you had a bowl of laksa and we give you another bowl of laksa. Is it still tasty? Some of you, yes. Some of you, no. Yeah. Even for those of you who find that it is still tasty, um, is the first bowl tastier or the second bowl? How many of you would find that the second bowl of laksa is tastier than the first bowl. Raise your hand. How many of you would find the first bowl tastier? Thank you very much. Hello. <laughs> okay, don't be so stressed. Huh? It's okay. It's not our fault someone called you. But it's your fault that you didn't switch off. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, come on. I'm a man, come on. Uh. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Where was I? <laughs> so, now if you were to go on from there, uh, peace, really? Peace. Are we good? Say yes. yes. <laughs> no, no, she's a, she's a, she's, she's a sweetie. You're a sweetie, right? <laughs> So, if you were to now consider other options, think about it. Uh, we have gone through like ridiculous continuous laksa. We have gone through having two bowls of laksa. What if while you are having your meal these past few days, be it laksa or otherwise, and then you get a text message from your boss, you know, and your boss is like, okay, for those of you who are your own boss, like ignore this part. For those of you who work for somebody, you get a text from your boss, and that says like, where are you now? Like without a smiley face. <laughs> and you're like, like at a conference? And then the reply is like, what conference? Like you're supposed to be here for a meeting. And you're like, huh? You know? And you call your boss up. Now at that point, before you manage to get through, is the food that you are taking, is the laksa still tasty? Not so tasty. And then you, your, your boss pick up the phone and you're like, boss, everything okay? And your boss is like, why? What? What's up? And I'm like, you just text me. And the boss is like, huh? Did I? And then there was a pause, and the boss is like, wrong number. <laughs> yeah? Sometimes it happens, isn't it? Quick fingers. And then when you realize that, and your boss says, oh, you know what? Don't worry. I know that you are at the conference. I was trying to text the other guy. Yeah? And he's not around. <laughs> and the guy is actually next to you. <laughs> Uh, plot twist. <laughs> so then, you put on the phone, how is the laksa now? Is it okay? 
So within a short span of perhaps five minutes, the laksa went from tasty to like, who cares about laksa? <laughs> to like, can I have another bowl? <laughs> yeah? What is happening? Yeah? Uh, is there truly tastiness in laksa? Or for that matter, within us? What if you are not feeling well? You know, if you have mouth ulcer, then on, on one side, for example, I know all you hardcore laksa lovers, if you have if you have also on the left side, what do you do? You eat on the right side. <laughs> no, but what if it is like flu and so on? Basically like having a splitting headache. Is the laksa still tasty? You get a drift. I can go on and on with hundreds and, and thousands of okay, maybe not thousands, hundreds of different Permutation of different conditions, and you see that the tastiness can come and go. Yeah, so tastiness. Does it exist? Uh, is it tasty? Yes, for some, no, for others. Yeah, but does it contain tastiness? You are looking at me very fiercely. Smile, smile. <laughs> the, the. So, so tastiness. Does it contain tastiness? Well, tastiness do exist. Is it do or does? Does or do? Does, huh? <laughs> Otherwise, there's no response, you know? Wrong grammar, no response. Does not exist. So, tastiness does not exist. Oh, no, sorry. Does exist. <laughs> But it exists in a very specific way. It exists conditionally dependent on factors. And what are the factors? The factor that you don't eat continuously. The factor that you are not full. The factor that you are well physically and well mentally, emotionally. Or what if we ask you to have luck sound in the toilet? Uh, we are kind of tight on spaces here, so like, please adjourn to toilet three, <laughs> yeah, uh, and so on. So this is what we call in Chinese, Yuan Qi Yu. The Yu refers to existence, yeah? that things do exist. In this case, the tastiness of laksa do exist. It's not that it doesn't exist. But when it does exist, it exists yuan qi, dependent on conditions to arise. Yeah? Not that it doesn't exist, but it exists only when there are conditions. There's this unique chemistry that come together, then there's tastiness. And that's why when the chemistry is off, the conditions are not in line, then there's no more tastiness. And it's not as though as you're eating and then bad news come, tastiness do -do -do -do, run away. Yeah? The laksa is still there, you know, but it's no longer appetizing. But then the moment it switches, again it's appetizing, it's tasty. So we say that the tastiness does exist, it exists conditionally dependent on factors. Yeah? It's called dependent arising existence. 
Now, then if we were to look at the factors, the factors such as the, as the Luxa itself, yes. Oh, okay. Thank you. Very good point. Okay. Dependent arising existence. Now, if we then look at the factors itself, such as the Luxa, our health, our mind, uh, the environment, um, you cannot find independent tastiness within any of this, isn't it? Yeah. Can you find independent tastiness within any of these factors? You can't quite find it. Because if you can find it, then you have found tastiness and you don't need any other factors. But we have gone through that, that all the factors are required. You lack one, there's no more tastiness. So this, this nature, or the lack of nature, of tastiness, that is not intrinsically found in any of the factors, is what we call emptiness. That tastiness is empty. Empty of what? Empty of inherent permanent substantial existence. And this is how we call in Chinese that is nature. The nature of tastiness is empty. And together, this describes one of the, the key truths or key teachings within um, Buddhism. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to gloss over that. You know? like, this is as Buddhist monk as you get. <laughs> yeah. I mean, before the talk, I was thinking like, okay, how do I you know, like position it so that it's quite neutral, so that people don't like shut off, like Buddhist monk, okay, I'm not a Buddhist man. Yeah, but I'm like, like this is, this is as it is, you know? Yeah. So, but ignore the Buddhist part. Because, notice that throughout this whole process, I didn't bring in any like incantation or like any Buddhist belief or anything, right? You answer according to how you experience it, right? Yeah. Was there a need to Consider religion? No. So, and that's the thing, because in Buddhist teaching, we call it Buddhist teaching because it happened to be discovered by the Buddha, but it's not really something that belongs to Buddhism. Yeah, because it's the way it is. Yeah. So, take it with a pinch of salt, I'm a Buddhist monk after all. <laughs> but this is what it is. Now the question is, what is the implication? Yeah. So what? So what? Um, this session, the final keynote, is about transformation of the self. And the title is Emptying Yourself. Uh, for those of you who have paper on hand, I want you to do an exercise with me very quickly. For those who do not have, you may want to use a handphone or something. Uh, some of you may be very good at, in mental gymnastics, yeah, but I would prefer if you can note it out somewhere, because then you can refer to it in future and sort of revisit this, okay? So are you ready to empty yourself? Say yes. Yes, okay. 
So, in the center, I want you to write your name. is my name in Chinese character, and I want you to draw a circle around this. Uh, we're going to do what we call, what's the term? The mind map, yes, mind map. We're going to do a mind map. So the question I want to ask you to ask yourself is, who or what? Am I? Because if you want to transfer yourself, you must know who you are. And if you want to empty yourself, you must know what you are trying to empty. Is there anything to empty? No. So ask yourself, who or what am I? Yeah. What are you? If you have to introduce yourself now, what would you say? Raise your hand. Oh no, I've overdone it, isn't it? Right? <laughs> I confused you so much that, uh, who am I? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, come on. The first thing is usually your name, isn't it? And then you go like, uh, my name is so and so. Yeah. So the first thing is read up there. Your name is in the center. Then what else? What else would you share with people to tell them who you are? Job title. Job title, very good. Job title. <coughs> What is my job title, actually? <laughs> okay, so let's say I say monk. Okay, don't write monk for you. You, you should write your own job title. And then next, what else would you write down? Sorry? Family connection. And that would include things like the fact that I'm a son, I'm a brother, yeah? I'm a nephew and a cousin. Yeah. All the different family connections. Very good. What else? What else are we? A human being. Last I checked, yes. Uh, it's, the it's still a seven month after all, but human. Hmm. Let's just quickly go through this. Yeah. What else? Come on. Designers. Clock is ticking. Huh? Things you like. Uh, okay. Maker. You are a maker. You make things. Yeah. So you can write down things like I'm a maker. I'm a swimmer. Yeah. I'm a Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what you call those who play Pokemon? <laughs> Yeah. What else? What else? Nationality. So like for me, I'm a Singaporean. And in Singapore, it's okay to ask about your race, not in other countries. So I'm a Chinese. And if I ask myself, what is my dialect group? I'm a Hokkien. And so on. Yeah. Uh, what else? Is there anything else? Gender. I'm a male. Anything else? 
Nincs. Húsz éves. I'll tell you after this. Yeah. So, well, we don't have to really complete this. Um, so, when you go through this list, all your lists will be different. All your lists will be different. And in fact, if you didn't go step by step with me, you may not start with your vocation. Yeah? You may not start with your professional title. You may first identify yourself as perhaps a father or mother. Or you may perhaps identify yourself as a friend. In fact, that is missing. This morning we had a very interesting conversation with uh, John. Where is John? Okay, okay, let's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, about whether we have friends or not. Yeah. He has one friend now. Oh, he has many friends. I'm just teasing him. Yeah, so um, we may write different things. So the first thing I want to perhaps um, impress upon you is if you do this again and another time, you may find that you write down different things in different orders. And perhaps at some point, you may totally miss out certain roles. These are basically roles that we play. Yeah? This is what I call the roles chart. And so, uh, as you write down, the first thing that comes to mind is probably what is closest to your heart. Yeah? And then as we go through the list, uh, it sort of declines in uh, importance, not objectively, but how much um, airtime it has with you. Yeah? So, like, um, even if you write down being a son, brother, and so on, right at the end, it doesn't mean that it's not important, but perhaps it's not so much in your eyeball, you know, in your uh, psyche, if you will. Yeah. Now, beyond that, then I want to say, hey, let's draw circles around it, like good mind map, very quickly. And then you consider, again, the laksa. The laksa. <laughs> Let's give them some strength. Yeah, so if you ask yourself, what are the ingredients of laksa? There's noodles, the, the, the thick rice noodle, there's coconut milk, there's water, there's crocker in this case, there's prawn, there's an up, the, the, the laksa leaf, and all kinds of things, plus heat, plus the, uh, plus the cook. But it's not inside the bowl, yeah? <laughs> usually. Yeah. But you need a cook to produce the bowl of laksa. And um, just as the laksa comprises con uh, all the ingredients, so the laksa requires all these ingredients to come together to exist. But yet, within every one of these conditions, you cannot find any laksa-ness. Earlier, we talked about the tastiness. Now we go one level deeper into the body itself. Yeah. That the laksa itself is also not independently existing. It requires conditions to exist. And within the conditions, you cannot find any nature of laksa. If there's any nature of laksa within the components, then water would taste like laksa. Then you cannot 
have Hokkien noodles with the thick rice noodle. Then you cannot have other dishes with any of this. And if you are thinking about laksa leaf, laksa leaf can be used to cook other dishes as well. And perhaps a, a philosophical question is, did laksa leaf exist first or laksa? <laughs> Which came first, the laksa leaf or the laksa? Now, if we come back to the visualizer, similarly, zoom in. So similarly, this person called Shi Chuan Guan, or Venerable Chuan Guan, if you will, or sometimes they will go like the most exalted holiness. <laughs> okay, so Chuan Guan exists dependent on all these roles. Yeah? And for all of you, it is this monk who is at UXSG. For those of you who know me outside of this, you may know me as my ex colleague would know me as another name. Yeah? And uh, with other traits. Okay? Each of us, likewise. All these, all these factors do not singularly define me. Likewise, the roles that you have written down. Yeah? Likewise, the roles that you have written down. They do not singularly, independently define you. So as much as all these roles together uh, allow your persona, your being to exist, um, within these roles, there's no you-ness. There's no you-you within those roles. Yeah? You follow the drift? Yeah? So there's no chuan-guan-ness in monk. That's why there can be other monks. There's no chuan-guan-ness in being a son. Because there are tons of sons here, yeah? and so on. So we say that Chuan Guan exists. It exists in what way? It exists in a way that depends on conditions. Yeah? It is dependent arising existence. Yeah? That this Chuan Guan, and likewise you, 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 exists dependent on conditions. Yeah? And, in turn, is there any inherentness of who we are? Is there? None, isn't it? Yeah. We are empty of inherent, permanent, substantial existence. For some of us, when we hear that, it's scary. Because, after all, we, we have built up, we have spent years to build up our career. And now this monk come on stage, make you laugh a bit, and then now make you cry. <laughs> That what? All that is empty, that is not inherent, not permanent. Well, guess what? It is not permanent. If it's permanent, then you will not be the manager you are today. You will always be the student you were. If you are permanent, then you will always be the sperm and egg. <laughs> yeah? Is this not allowed? Like, monks, like. <laughs> okay. There was this moment of awkward silence. So. The thing is, um, instead of feeling afraid of this seeming void, you must remember, this emptiness is not about non-existence. That's the part about non-existence. It is that something that is permanent, inherent, don't exist. Yeah? We do exist, but we are not inherent. Not inherently this, not inherently that. Not inherently a monk. So when there are conditions, I become a monk. 
not inherently a son. Huh? Not inherently a son. Are you all, those of you who are, who are male, are you inherently a son? Guess what? For us to be a son, what is required? Exactly, our parents. This is something that we assume, assumptions about life. We assume that the rules that we have is within us. But if you really sit down and think about it, even the role as a son is not in you. It is with reference to your parents that you are a son or daughter for that matter. Yeah. So, right now, do you all have your parents with you now? I mean, in this room. No, right? Most of us wouldn't have. Whereas, like, if I'm giving a talk in the temple, sometimes my parents do go. You know, then, yeah, I'm a son to them. But now, if halfway through, like when you're having a break, your parents call you and ask you, like, are you coming, for din- coming back for dinner? Yeah? And then what do you do? What do you do? Usually when you talk to your colleagues, you're like, hmm, really professional and all. And then when your parents call you, like, ma, you know, whatever. Yeah? Yeah? So the moment your, your parents call you, quite spontaneously, you adopt this different persona, if you will. Yeah? You suddenly become the son or daughter. And if it's your your little boy, little girl or little boy, hello, sweetie, yes, <laughs> mommy, mommy not not free now, huh? Can I call you back? Oh, come on, it's okay, huh? <laughs> I don't have a daughter, <laughs> just acting it out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> and then come on, it's it's blank, it's not a. <laughs> so, whether it is being a son or brother or daughter, these roles actually swap in and out. Yeah? And the fact that it can swap in and out, the moment you put on a phone, you're not a son anymore. Or at least, functionally, you do not function as a son or daughter. Yeah? But legally, you're still a son or daughter. Yeah? However, even legally, at some point, our parents will pass away. Yeah? No surprise, right? I mean, our parents do pass away. Uh, not, not to trivialize this, okay? Not to laugh about this. Yeah, but this is this is part of who we are, part of humanity, part of being alive. That just as the conference is wrapping up, you cannot have a conference that lasts forever, can you? <laughs> so the wrapping, the final keynote, is part of the whole conference. Our, our final passage of life, death, is part of life. But as long as we don't accept that, then there's always this dichotomy, this, this fear of the eventuality. Yeah, but that's how it is. And if we can accept that, then we will realize that, yeah, one day we'll not be the sun. Again, that can be scary and fearful. And I'll tell you this, for me, even as a monk, there were times where I dreamt about my parents passing away. And I cried. I cried so much. I woke up in tears. And not just like bits. I was like wailing. Like <laughs> so when I do funeral services or wake services, um, I tell them, I say, Buddhists always tell people not to cry at wakes. But I'm not here to tell them because even I cry, even though it's a dream. You know, and I will continue for a while. I just can't help it. It's so, so sad. But the question is, if we just do that, how does that help us? You know? I propose, I suggest, I don't have to tell you what to do. 
You know, in Buddhism, we don't tell people what to do. We say, think about it. If that is the case, then are we fulfilling the role of a son or a daughter while the parents are around? Yeah? We should realize that because this is not permanent as well, yeah? because this is not permanent, hence this role is not permanent. Because the moment the parents are not around, then our role as son and daughter don't exist. But instead of feeling fearful, we should look at it and say, hey, we should cherish it when it's around. Yeah? Cherish every single moment when the roles arise. Yeah? When there are conditions for you to play this role or that role, to, to make best use of that. To ask yourself, how best can you play that role? Yeah? Be it being a son or daughter, or perhaps a manager. And it's, there's so much sync up, so much synchronicity. Because as Yugen was talking about how uh, he was asked, answering the question, and about how sometimes the designer have to may play the role of a project manager, and sometimes there's no designer. Does it mean that we don't go ahead with the project? Yeah, precisely. If we hold on to our role, then we cannot grow. Yeah, but realize this. This is not who we are. Because every single role that has ever existed is potentially open to us. Yeah. Of course, there are certain limitations. For example, most of us here cannot be the President of the United States. Yeah, not, yeah, it's just a, a fact. Yeah. But beyond that, there are so many roles that open to us. Emptiness is not about fear, it's not about non-existence, it's about the fact that because the self is empty, so the possibility is limitless. That beyond what you have written down, there are many other roles that exist outside of what you have written down. And those roles, given the right conditions, can be what you do. The next question that may come up is, then what roles should we play? What roles should we play? We can choose to play certain roles that only benefit us, or we can choose to play certain roles that only benefit others. But I say, let's be more realistic. Yeah? Let's choose the roles, when the conditions are right, to benefit ourselves and others. Yeah? In, a, in a tradition I'm in, it's called and it's really about making choices. We have choices. But if we are limited, we think that this is all we are, yeah, then we have given up on this choice. So this exercise, I hope, can help us to look at ourselves differently and to realize that each of these, in turn, have supporting conditions. And because all these conditions are non-permanent, are impermanent, the roles, in turn, are changing. If you are a father or mother, you will know that your role as a father or mother, the name has not changed, but the function has changed. When your son is one or two years old, you are the mother or father in a certain way. 
once your child has gone rich teenage years, you can no you can no longer play the role of a mother in that way. You cannot mother them in that same way anymore. If you do, which some parents do, those parents who come to me for counselling, <laughs> yeah, and I when I get them to draw this chart, they're like, they look at me flabbergasted, like, wow, why did I think of that? I mean, it's, it's no rocket science. Yeah. Um, I write. I share with you this not to, not to, like, um, not to suggest that we don't know how to live our life. After all, I'm not even mother or father. Yeah. But just, just nuggets. Yeah. Small nudges, to to say, hey, why don't we look at this slightly differently? Why don't we look at that slightly differently? And perhaps when we do that, then we may see our life differently and transform ourselves. <coughs> Besides father and mother role, how about our roles at work? I want to end the session um, to share with you my own, in a way, transformation. Uh, a few of you have asked me in the morning session and during the breaks, like, why did you choose to become a monk? Uh, that will take, like, another hour. <laughs> So I'm not going to do that. And I have exceeded the one hour. I'm going to share with you what happened at work just before I resigned. When I decided to become a monk, I still had maybe a couple of months to sort of settle my work stuff. Uh, but I was very clear that, yeah, I want to ordain, yeah, to become a Buddhist monk. Something changed in the way I look at work. It is not that I don't care about the work anymore but I don't care about whether I get the credit or not. I don't care about that anymore. Yeah. I don't mind someone else getting the credit. And it was so liberating, I'll tell you that. Yeah. When I had that change, and I go for meetings, there was this one of the final meetings, uh, my ex-colleague would be like, oh, that's what happened. <laughs> it was a project with, uh, with Thailand EIS. Okay, maybe... We shouldn't go into such details. Huh? <laughs> so anyway, uh, was supposed to be sent uh, two of us to the project. And I went for the meeting, there were three of us. And my boss went through the whole briefing and then asked, like, so this person is going, and then between you and the other guy. Yeah. And he asked me, like, so do you want to go? Do you think you want to go? And I'm like, well, if you think I, I'm suitable, send me. If not, I'd be happy to stay back to do support. I have the initial brief of emails. Let me know what other areas you want me to research on. There was this moment where they're like, huh? Because they were expecting me to like really justify and fight for the position. Yeah? Because you know, when in consulting, if you do regional projects, you get more um, visibility, yeah? more chances for rising up. Yeah, but again, it's not that I'm not interested in doing a good job. But I'm like, OK. Am I the best person? Yeah. Uh, and then he said that, okay, we don't go. The other guy go. And I was genuinely okay. I was like, okay, sure. And then I left. And that evening, the other guy called me up. And he said, boss changed his mind. You'll be going instead. I was like, huh? I was like, really? When you don't try to fight for something, then it... it then yeah, I was confused a bit. 
we went ahead, went to Thailand, had the meetups. Then with the other guy, during the discussion, usually, usually, if you are in the software industry, you probably don't want to work with me. I'm super aggressive. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a monk now. I'm not aggressive anymore. <laughs> I like to think so. And so during the meeting, he was, we were like really having discussion. And then at some point, I said, hey, you know what? I think your method works as well. That was when I was I took myself out of the equation and I really looked at that that approach and I realized that his approach works as well. Yeah? That it doesn't always have to be my way or the highway. And then he was like there was this initial uh, uh, fear in his eyes, you know, like is he trying to sabotage me? Like is this a trap? Yeah. Uh, eventually we went away with his method. Um, and then the project went on. We did a POC. Uh, the, 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 the customer was, was okay. Yeah. Uh, but again and again from then on, in the next few months, this was to repeat. So I, tell, I, I share this with you to highlight that um, if we can transform ourselves in that way, for me it was liberating. Because then I no longer fight for my own recognition and benefit. Then I realized that, wow, I can really look at the project uh, in its own merit, look at other people's suggestion objectively, and really consider what is best for the project and best for the company. All the bickerings just fade away. But I must also warn you, it doesn't come easy. Because initially, people had suspicion. Yeah? There's fear in them. They're like, is this a trap? You know, cannot be so easy. But eventually, uh, it promoted trust. Yeah. One time, two times, three times, and they realized that, yeah, you really mean it. When you say, yeah, let's go with the idea, you really mean it. And when you say no, they will take you more seriously. They will not think that, ah, you're, you're always just trying to obstruct me, you know? Yeah. So, let's come back to this. The self. Is there a self? I'm not here to give you the answer whether there's a self. That's not the Buddhist approach. I'm here to make you think and ask more questions. This is a rose chart, a dependency chart. Uh, there are many other things that you can do with this. I hope that this has opened up a small window for us to explore who we really are. Are we just designers? Are we just brothers and sisters. When I heard that the keynote speaker at the start talk about the next 50 years, um, I told Kai Singh, that's one of my pet, pet topics. Yeah. Because when I come back from US in the initial years of my monkhood, yeah, I was like, I'm going to say this anyway. I was like, there's a Ferris wheel, there's the, 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 the racetrack that's coming up back then, and then there was also plans to have the casino. And I was like, is this how we're going to define ourselves? That's the very skyline of the nation. Yeah, we're basically an entertainment state officially. Nothing to laugh about. It's, it's a very, I don't know, is it sad? Yeah. If, uh, if the parents of a family bring up the children just concerned about grades, just concerned about 
making money, what kind of children would they bring up? Would the children feel love from the parents? A bit hard, isn't it? Yeah. Likewise, if the if we were to focus just on the bottom line as a nation, yeah. But let's. You know, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm a, I'm a monk, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope uh, this has given you food for thought uh, and create more questions than answers. So do you think the laksa is tasty? <laughs> laksa, please. <laughs> Thank you and have a good evening. So now it's Q&A. Yes. You all know the drill. Pigeonhole.at. We'll see you there. I thought what's really interesting is um, this um, emptiness of self fits quite interestingly with uh, Carol Dweck's growth mindset versus fixed mindset. You can ask questions about the topic. You can ask questions about C-sharp, C++. Can you ask questions about being a monk? You can. Because there are. But let's, 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 let's bring it in, and then we see. Sure. We don't have to go with the top votes. Okay. We don't have to go with the top votes. Oh, we don't Just gives us an indication of what people want to know. Oh, okay. So, um, just give you about a minute more. You know, people ask me, wow, you know, questions can come all over. How do you like, prepare for that? Like, are you, do you feel stressed? And I'm like, no, I'm not stressed. People can ask what they want, I can not answer. <laughs> well, I'll, if I know, I'll answer. But if I can't answer, I'll just tell you I don't know. Yeah. Stress comes when you try to be what you are not. Yeah. When you can accept that you don't know everything, <laughs> don't try to act like you know everything, you know. <laughs> By the way, even if you, even if the keynote speaker doesn't answer the questions, these questions are summarized and passed to them after the conference. Okay. Yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, we should address that question first. Huh? Interesting. Okay. Ah, okay. This one? Ah. <laughs> can, can we just like uh, just show all the questions? Just, just, just flash them out. Huh? We might as well just yeah. flash yeah. them out. Let's just inform Suntech we are having it for the night. You can see that you're asking the, the, the really important questions here. Alrighty. 30 more seconds, okay? 30 more seconds. <laughs> yeah, vote it up, vote it up. <laughs> I am just the moderator. <laughs> so. Oh boy. Oh. I think we answered that last lah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, last <laughs> yeah. yeah. So cute, right? Read ready. Breathing in, <laughs> breathing out. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, really? 106? <laughs> this is better than the stocks. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Let's get to the questions, right? Okay. The good stuff. Shall we do this one then? So very quickly, how to bring down crime. Uh, the one that I did with you guys is about the rows. Visualizer, please. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. So there's another um, alternative, alternative application of, of this is you write your name here, and then you write me, mine, and myself. Yeah? And then in the top left-hand corner, you write down certain qualities that you have. And in the bottom left-hand corner, you write down abilities. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, qualities, abilities. Oh, okay. And then you have People, relations. Um, I'm going to just lose these <coughs> events, things that happen, yeah, and then things. And the bottom part, simple things in our life. Now this is like a very simple summary of, of our life, okay? Um, and on the left side are uh, internal, on the right side is more external. 
And when we talk about pride, it's mostly about the left, the left side. Yeah? Sometimes it's about who we know as well. Okay, but let's focus on the qualities and abilities. Right? So, um, if I use myself as, as an example, and, and use programming for example, then I would say, uh, ask yourself, how did you first acquire that skill or ability? The fact that we have, can have this conference is because we all learned English at some point in time. Yeah? But did we, were we born with it? No. As much as we can articulate and, and speak and listen and so on and so forth, it is because of the teachers who taught us the first alphabets. In some cases, it's our parents. Yeah. In my case, it's not. It's the kindergarten teacher. And then from, the, from that as a basis, the P1 teachers, P2 up to P6, teaching me how to form words, yeah? and with the words, form simple, simple sentences. And up to secondary school, then we learn more and more, building up on what we have learned. Yeah? So to use what we have learned, you can consider, instead of going through the whole thing, just pick up something that you're proud of. And ask yourself this simple question. What are the conditions that allow this to exist? Or is it just in us? All right? And if you're like me, you'll probably come to the realization that the quality, the ability, is not within us. Yeah. The fact that I can write this it's not just because of me. Yeah? It's because of, of the, the, the classes I attended. Because of Dr. Miele Leung, who taught us data structure in university, yeah, in NTU. And the fact that I write curly braces up here and not, not down here is because of certain semantics. You know? yeah. The fact that I speak in this way, that the, the saying yes, you know, that, that catch thing is funny, but I didn't invent it. Yeah, I heard it in one of the talks. I attended in the past. I thought, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, so when I had the first opportunity, I tried it out, and it works. <laughs> so if you find that there's something that you're really proud of, dissect it down. And you'll probably realize if, well, not so much realize, but as, as Kai Singh mentioned, humbling. Yeah, humbling. In the past, when I first tried to learn to code, I was like, oh, good job. But as I learned more, and I reflected on how I know all this, I become humble. Yeah. In the past, I've heard people say this. But I'm like, ah, act humble. But now I really know that, yeah, they mean it. You know, that all our abilities, the things we are proud over, is really, you know, a lot of people coming together to bring that in us, yeah. uh, it may not work for you. It worked for me. Next question. So this is curious. Let's just go back to this. Yep. Doesn't this look like business model canvas? This is like a personal model canvas, right? It's the left side and then the right side value chain. It's <laughs> interesting. Okay. All right. Um, next question. Let's try this one. How can I apply emptiness in life? Yes, emptiness is not just about a bowl of laksa. Yeah. It can be applied to our relations. Yeah. How many of you are in relationships? Raise your hand. The rest? 
See me after this. <laughs> Not in that way, come on. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, it's, a, it's a loaded question. We all are in some kind of relationships, isn't it? The moment you're born, you're in a relationship. Yeah. And the relationship is always changing. Unfortunately, sometimes we look at relationships as something that is very solid and permanent, especially love. Yeah. That you found that one true love who will never change. Look at me. It changes. <laughs> oh, actually, trust me, brother. <laughs> yeah. The fact that our mind changes. In the past, in movies, uh, if you are old enough, you will have watched those movies that where there's a scene and a guy and a girl is like, you know, breaking up and a girl will go, You have changed. Your heart has changed. Yeah. But the truth is, if your heart don't change, you cannot even be together. Isn't it? You cannot even be together. The fact is, our heart, our mind is always changing. How we feel towards each other is always changing. Maybe not so significantly, but it can and will change. Think about it. As designers, you all meet a lot of people every day. Yeah? And perhaps your spouse is in a design field, or maybe in marketing or sale. Yeah? And don't you sometimes worry like, hey, what if your spouse or your partner meets someone else more interesting? Yeah, I'm telling you this. They can change their mind. Yeah. And that's why we are afraid. And we say, hey, let's come together, let's sign on the contract. <laughs> And to make it really official, let's get everybody to witness it. <laughs> and just in case you are still not sure, let's put a handcuff on the finger. <laughs> but despite everything, people can still change. But I'm not saying this to, to make you feel hopeless and, and blight about life. Our relationships can change. And every single day, there's opportunity for that change. Face that. And precisely because of that, when your partner come back home and still no, do not change, that is what makes it even more precious. If after signing on the paper, your partner just cannot change, and every morning you ask, do you love me? I guess so. <laughs> we just signed on paper, I have to love you. <laughs> you know, if I can just chant something and snap my fingers and boom, all your partners will never change. To me, that chippens love. That chippens love. It's precisely that they can change and they choose not to change despite finding someone more interesting than you, despite finding someone who is slimmer than you, prettier than you, richer than you, more, more humorous than you. And they still don't change. That is what makes it so precious. So cherish it. Thank you very much. It's so similar to Tony. I need to meet. I need to get the two of you in the same room. Mm -hmm. Tony, the first keynote. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, <clears throat> we don't have much time. We only have five minutes. Which? Huh? What? Tabs or spaces? <laughs> okay. Just for the heck of it, tabs or spaces? Tabs or spaces. It depends. <laughs> 
That's the conditionally, standard, or? that's the standard con consulting answer. Yes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> okay, answer. Um, how about this? I think this one might be meaningful. How can we get rid of the fear of growing? First, what is the fear of growing? You mean growing old? I, growing I, or transforming yeah. or develop? Who, who's the one who asked this question? <laughs> it's anonymous, but can you can you unanonymize yourself? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the point is because I want to know the context. Like yeah. growing yourself um, physically or, <laughs> or growing old. You know what I mean? I said free, as in growing old. Because uh, yeah. Ah, yeah. What, what, what can you just shout it out? Ruth, Ruth, do you mind just going over? Thank you, Ruth. Any kind of fear that you can face in your life? Huh? Like any kind of fear that you have in your life? In uh, general? Oh, so just in general. Yeah. How can we Fears. get out of fear in general? Ah. Is that a question? Okay. So, um, to be to be really realistic, yeah, uh, it is it's quite a big big open topic. Uh, but the way I approach it is, first we must know what we are fearful of. Yeah, uh, there's this very cliche phrase that uh, fear is more scary uh, than the thing that you are fearful of. Yeah, fear is often worse than what you are fearful of. Uh, in the Buddhist tradition. And again, let me just take the Buddhist tradition out because it's, it's just a way of looking at things, okay? And so the, the, the way I would look at things is, yeah, if you're fearful of something, well, really examine what you are fearful of. And this is what I observe in the, in the years of counseling individuals. When they come to me, they're, they're so stressed, the knot here, like I tell them, stop knotting. And they're like, I'm not knotting, you know, the eyebrows. So what I do for them is I would talk to them and I will write down their fears or their concerns, whatever is troubling them, preoccupying them. And you know what? Before we start, it's usually like an endless loop of, endless loop, yeah, coding, endless loop of, well, one. Yeah. It's like an endless loop of, of problems. But when you write it down, it becomes finite. It becomes finite. That means it, it, it no longer stretch forever. Yeah. Oftentimes, this is the way it goes. First problem, okay, I write it down. And then second problem, I write it down. Third problem, oh, uh, that is a variant of the first problem. Yeah. Then the person pauses for a while, then mentions something else. That's what you mentioned earlier, the second point. Yeah. So far, of all the individuals I've counseled in the past, 10 years since coming back, I find that most people's list of so-called problems uh, never quite exceed three to five items. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that three to five items is no big deal. Ah, come on, just suck up and just move on. No. I'm saying that instead of looking at a problem as an infinite list, that is that would be so overwhelming, to realize that, yeah, it is finite. And so what if you can only solve one problem? Then go and solve that one problem. Start with that one problem that you can solve. And if you can solve that one problem out of five, you have left four. 
Maybe you can solve the four. Yeah? But at least you have only four now. Yeah? And then when you approach others for help, you can at least show them the four. Yeah? To me, um, using mind map is very helpful. Nothing to do with Buddhism, but it's a very powerful tool. I use that for counseling all the time. Yeah? You see how things are related. Um, yeah. Beyond this, we will need to know the specifics. Yeah, contact me for counseling. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, one or two more questions. Okay, who wants two more questions? First, okay, who wants one more question only, and then we stop. You gave away the, the options already. Yeah. <laughs> who wants two more questions before we? <laughs> They actually don't want any more questions. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Who wants zero questions? Let's just end this. Yeah, yeah it's okay. I'm watching. <laughs> okay, just to limit time. Okay, two, 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 two oh, questions. She, she just left. <laughs> she apparently don't want any more questions. Like, never mind. Okay, two, two questions. Why don't you okay. pick the, the one question and then we pick the top question, right? Okay. To that. If a tree falls in the forest mix, <laughs> uh, how do you teach others to lose their unconscious focus? Mm. The yeah, others you can scroll, right? You can scroll down. How to embrace mastery roles that are hurtful to us. Um, I would love to answer all questions, but some questions uh, need um, more time to mm. actually flesh out. And oftentimes need context yeah, for sure. it to be meaningful. So, um, uh, I would, I would answer them generally offline at the end of the session for some of the questions. Mm. Uh, others, if you would like, we can always sit down and have some discussion. Okay. Um, okay, why don't you all choose one test while I look through the list? Oh, there's only one. After that, it's the top one. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's trying to weasel his way out, yeah? Okay. okay. Mm. Define happiness. How will you define making meaning of prioritization? Uh, if there's emptiness, there's no target. Uh, oh, all, all meaningful questions, you know. Okay. Let's scroll down to all yeah. scroll up, scroll down. Some are very specific to me as a monk. Uh, wow. Shosh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, let's go back up. I think there are some questions that are... Up to the, up yeah. to the top. Okay. There are some that are very specific to Buddhism. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would want to answer them offline because I think we want to focus on the, the topic and UX or so. Uh, hmm. Let me see. Uh, oh, that's the top already, huh? Yeah, one question, why laksa? Very simple and seems like there's nothing much to talk about. Uh, why laksa? Uh, in, in many ways, this is linked to UX. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you remember Yugen? Uh, there was one slide where there was this, this German words. Yeah? Because it's not native to most of us, you, you just lose people. Yeah? You, there's just no interaction anymore. If I come in and went, Minasam, konnichiwa. Yeah? Sore kara, And then you like, huh? If I choose any other languages, I will lose at least half of you. Yeah? So why not some? Because most of us would have 
some experience of it in Singapore. And as a show of hands, a handful of you. Yeah. So why Laksa? Because that's the best UX decision. <laughs>